Hi, I am Olumide Olainka. A big hello and welcome to the Startup Lagos podcast. A podcast dedicated to highlighting the bubbling scene of the growing startup community of the city of Lagos. On the show, get to hear inspiring stories from founders, entrepreneurs, investors, corporates, and other ecosystem stakeholders. To subscribe to us, visit podcast.startuplagos.co. Stay tuned with us. Stay pumped. Good afternoon, everyone. Let's settle down. And we're sorry for starting really late. Um, you're welcome to Business Insider. Okay, so you're welcome to our um, panel session um, themed what investors look for in startups. And my name is David Adeleke. I'm the editor of Business Insider Sub-Saharan Africa. And for our session today, we have two guest speakers. We have um, Abasiyama Idarisit. Abasiyama is the CEO of um, World Fusion, and he's the co-founder of Green Tree Investment. Okay, and um, we have Jeremy Kishbaum. Great. And Jeremy is an innovation expert and a research affiliate with the Institute for the Future. So please, would you just join me on stage, and we'll start right away. So, yes, like I said, our session is themed what investors look for in startups. And so we'll just dive right into it with introductions. So you um, give us a little bit um, of detail about your background, and how you got to where you are now, where you started from and how you got to where you are now. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Abbas Shema Idariset. Um, you can call me Abbas. I'm the CEO of Wild Fusion. Wild Fusion is a digital marketing agency across um, three countries, Nigeria, Ghana, and Kenya. So I started this digital internet business um, about nine years ago. Um, it's been a lot of hard work building a service um, business across multiple countries. You know you have to depend on human beings and um, you're servicing uh, multinational that require very high quality, um, um, high quality service every single time. Um, some of our clients include Unilever, Diageo, and um, some listed companies. Um, it's been very successful, but it's been through a lot of hard work. Um, four years ago, myself and some of my friends, we decided to. Um, look at the ecosystem and invest in a number of startups. So we set up Green Tree, Green Tree Investment and, um, we've done a number of investment, um, um, early stage investment in startup. Um, we were among the early investors in Paystack. So we're very excited about that. Um, and also we, over the last few years, um, it's been a thing, it's been very interesting to see how the ecosystem has evolved. Um, my educational background, I studied information systems and management, and I do have an MBA from Manchester Business School. I'm a Nigerian and a global citizen, I guess that's it. <laughs> Great, yeah, that's good. I'm Jeremy. Um, yeah, hi. Um, I think some of you saw me in the last panel, but I'm, I'm a completely different person now. Um, 
uh, I uh, work around the world, mostly in China, Nigeria, and California. Um, and uh, I work for very large companies, helping them embed innovation into what they're doing. And also I work with startups to help them um, understand better their global context and their cross-industry context. Okay. Um, education. Where did you go to school? Um, I went to school at University of California, Santa Cruz in, um, in California. It's about like maybe 90 minutes south from San Francisco. And, um, I wasn't a very good student, but, um, <laughs> but learned a lot extracurricularly. And, um, yeah, as, as you mentioned, I'm an affiliate of research, uh, Institute for the Future, which is a think tank in California. Um, it's a 50 year old think tank focused on thinking 10 years out and more. I'm also an affiliate of the Shenzhen Open Innovation Lab, which is, um, focuses on, um, innovation in China, particularly in hardware, particularly white label open hardware. And over the last three years, the big focus has been on connecting, um, between African countries and China. Okay, great. So, um, like I said, our theme here is um, we're really here to discuss what investors look for in startups, right? So, the first question is, how do investors know when a startup is right for them to invest in? Yeah. Um, so, we could think about... Um, so... There's a lot of different kinds of investors, right? Um, and there's a lot of kind of different facets to it. But I think ultimately it's about level of risk and return. And so any investor will have a portfolio of investments and they'll be thinking about where you fit into that portfolio. So are you part of their very high risk, possibly very high return section of the portfolio? Or are you their bread and butter, makes 9% return a year, very low like likelihood of failing part of the portfolio? And knowing what that investor needs um, and telling a story, a financial story, about um, how you fit into that kind of outcome will allow them to invest into you. And then, of course, I mean, so many things. Some focus on a specific industry. Some focus on a specific type of person. Some have, some are, have their own money. Some are investing other people's money. So, you know, endless, endless levels of nuance. But risk and outcome, I think, probably are core. Okay, great. Um, and uh, for Abbas, um, what would you say, um, so from your experience, right, when you want to invest in a startup, how would you know that this startup is right for you? You never know. Okay, but what, 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 okay, just, just <laughs> what are the things you look at when you want to invest? Just kidding. Um, so there are a number of things you look at, and um, um, it mainly evolves around the founders. The founders are very important. Um, the size of the market, it's very important. Um what experience have these founders had in their previous lives? Um, are they also very ambitious? What kind of people are there? Are they team players? Will they work together over the next 10 years? What is their, um, what is the probability that these people would be able to achieve 
the objective that they want to achieve. Also, very importantly, we have to go in looking for exit opportunity. How are we going to get our money out? Um, are they going to get listed at some point, which is a long play, you know, especially for com- companies in our part of the world? Um, how many rounds will they need to to raise? Um, will someone acquire this asset at some point? Um, this is, these are some considerations that we will have, and these are primary considerations, just like what he had mentioned, risk and outcome. Um, um, they are critical. Then secondarily, we can begin to think about maybe, imp- well, impact. And um, for us, it could be this sector needs a bit of money or maybe these founders are minorities and they need to, they need, we have all those considerations. And we also do have a framework where we take a number of questions and a number of, um, where we rate each startup, run it through a framework, and based on um, the outcome of the framework, we can then make a decision. And this decision varies. It could be, um, it could be, equity or it could be debt or a combination of both um, and also at what stage do we come in so there are a number a number of considerations that we have to make that that is made made okay and so when you've decided that the startup is right for you to invest in right um, it, and the thing is a lot is said about um, startups raising money we hear that this startup has raised this particular amount of money but not enough is said about what the investors expect from the startups, right? So when you invest in a startup, what are the expectations? How do you structure um, all those things? I think, okay, so I think it's very important um, when investing in a startup, there's a reason why we invest. We're capitalists in the first place, so we need returns. So um, what guide, what fundamentally guides that decision? It's would we be able to get return out and at what time? Um, we have limited partners, people that have invested funds into people that have contributed their money and we are investing our funds and also other people's money. So we have to be very responsible and be sure that we will be able to get this money out and return to them. So outcome, profitability, sorry, how we're going to get our money out, it's also very, very critical. If we're putting in money, if there's an opportunity to put in money in a business and we don't see how we're going to get out, no matter how attractive that business is, we won't do the deal. Okay, so again on that question, what do you tell them, the startups, right? What do you tell them to do, right? Obviously, they have to um, they have to do some auditing, right? Um, you understand? They have to structure how they are going to spend the money, how you are going to invest in, in tranches. So, what are some of those things? Could you just walk us through the details? It varies. It varies and also depends on the stages. We are at the very early stage, so we want to be sure that your house is in order. We want to be able to look at your books. Um, how is your accounting? Do you keep the right book? Do you keep, do you have audited account? How are you structured? Who are the founders? We prefer companies with co-founders. Um, is there a key man risk and how do we de-risk this key man in the business? Or if there's no possibility, we, 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 um, consider some other um, options. Um, Other things that we also look out for is the size of the market and what are the risks. And we've seen so many proposals. Some proposals have come from the fintech space and um, there is a massive regulatory risk consideration for fintech. Um, You must be able to scale regulatory requirements. Um, So for a startup coming from the fintech space, we look at it and we say, no, 
you, the capital we're giving you wouldn't even be enough to get you to where you're going. There is no need for us to get in on this, on this and then get stuck right in the middle of it. Um, so we don't do the deal no matter how attractive it is. Um, other options too, we also look at co-investing with other investors. We've done a lot of work with Lagos Angel Network. Um, so these are some of the considerations that we make um, when looking at, um, at startups. So first and foremost, it is the outcome. It is how are we going to get the money back? Um, is this guy or is is a, is a team structured to succeed? Um, and how passionate are they about what they're doing? Um, is there a domain expert um, in among this team, this team um, that is currently presenting to us? And then we consider, obviously, the political landscape, the economy, the technology, the regulatory, and a number of other things to make a final decision. Okay, thank you very much. And this is for you, Jeremy. Um, so from your experience, what details do startup um, founders often overlook when they're looking for investors? Because very often you hear stories of founders doing um, about a thousand pitches, do you understand? And a lot of the time it's because they do not understand um the investors' portfolios and some other things that they don't put into consideration. So from your experience, right, what are some of the details that startup, startup founders overlook when they're looking for investors? Uh, um, I think, you know, uh, your comment, Abbas, on exits, really important point, especially, um, you know, I'm, I really believe in the Nigerian market, and I think it's a huge opportunity, but a huge barrier barrier to people putting money in is, uh, right now, is a concern about how they're going to get it out. Um, because they there are not the kinds of liquidity events as often here, in the sense of there being a lot of kind of like financial churn, which uh, creates a lot of volatility and isn't necessarily good for business. Um, but it does create a lot of opportunities for investors to move money around and pull their money out of places. So here, because it's very unlikely that you'd be able to IPO in Nigeria, you either need to have a plan to create some kind of liquidity event overseas, which is very long, very long term, extremely complicated, um, and probably not worth it. <laughs> um, or some other kind of model like revenue sharing. Um, but then revenue sharing means that your business, you know, yeah, you need to be very, you know, and um, so, yeah, think about that. It, and if you're able to describe that well, then it would be much more interesting to someone who has their money outside of um, Nigeria. I think the, also maybe the part of it is Um, or understanding the how certain kinds of investors need your business and why that might mean that they aren't the right fit for you. Um, I think a classic example for me is just venture capital. Most venture capital, uh, or at least some venture capital, is really looking to invest into ideas that could get to like a billion dollars 
But if you're at the early stage, then that means that really by definition, if you're building a vehicle that could get to a billion dollars, you're not running a sustainable business. So running a sustainable business, which is good for you because you're a business person that is not in like a really liquid capital, like risky ecosystem, um, means that that's not right for you because they need you to be doing something that's not running business right away. Understanding those things can get you quicker to narrowing down who isn't worth your time. Okay, yeah. So another thing that's also very important, um, you need to do, you need to carry out some kind of research before you even approach an investor. Get to know what kind of companies they're investing. Get to know their appetite. Have they invested? Chances are higher if they've invested in your market or invested in similar company in the same sector. They will most likely um, be more comfortable to do a deal with you. And while speaking to investors, one of the things a lot of startups do overlook is exit. You know, you need to show the investor, you need to intentionally show the investor how they're going to get their money out. Um, you need to show the exit possibilities. And I definitely do agree with, with um, my co-speaker here. Um, it's the liquidity events, they're not as much in our market. So you need to you need to show that you would probably um, either be raising more money and there will be exit opportunities. Um, and also your business, you will be running a very sustainable business. Sustainable in the sense that um, you can maintain your books, your records. Um, you remain cash flow positive. You don't run the business to the ground. You pay your taxes. And a whole lot of considerations are in. And one of the things I try to tell startups is don't start up a business and think that Getting an investor, it's a milestone or it's a success. It's, it's the main reason why you're in business. No. Go after making profit for yourself. If the investors come, fantastic. If they don't come, you're building a business. Sometimes I know you need capital to do this, um, to get the business to profitability. Um, but also think very, very long term about your business and um, research your investors first before talking to them. When speaking to them, you have to be very clear and address some of the things that they do value. Some investors are very big on um, gender equality. Some investors are very big on environment, on sustainability, on a number of, of, of metrics, you know, on, on consideration. So what you could do, once you've done that research and you see that this investor is a fit for you, um, you can then go ahead to engage. But remember, not all investors are a fit for your business. You have to be very selective. Um, position yourself. Okay, final question. And if you have any questions, just um, get ready to ask. Um, how do you, because I know it's possible, right? Usually, like you said, investors have particular companies that they invest in. But sometimes, on, on some occasions, you hear that an impact investor uh, made an investment in you know, if for profit business, something that has nothing to do with their traditional portfolio, right? So, but in those cases, how do you, as a founder, approach an investor that would normally not invest in your business? How do you approach them and maybe convince them that, you no? Know, I think, I think approaching and convincing it shouldn't be the way. I think it's more research and find out if this, it's like getting married. You know, he's going to come on the board of your company. He's going to contribute to your success. You can't just get married to anybody, right? 
So you have to be a bit more selective. You have to be a bit more, you have to do some background. You have to research. Okay, the value he values, do I have the same values? So take for example, um, and yes, there are some investors that say, okay, you know what? This is not a for-profit initiative for me. I would invest because um, there are two female co-founders. And I want to enrich my portfolio and say, so there was a time we looked at our portfolio and we said, we haven't invested in enough female co-founders. We need to create some balance. Why? Because some of the LPs and limited partners were demanding some sustainability on, 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 on our portfolio. So at that moment, we wake up and we can say, okay, you know what? Where are the ladies' founders? Let's start looking for them. And we can make that decision. At that point in time, it's not overly commercial but there is also some other consideration for that decision. So um, it's very important that before you come to an investor, you research and be sure that there is an alignment because you're not going to be dating. If you take someone's money, you're not dating him except to return the money back. Um, you're getting married. So he will sit on your board. He will make decisions. And it's very important that you guys are compatible. So it, it makes a whole lot of sense to do some kind of background. I also understand when a startup badly needs money, sometimes there's no need for compatibility. Please, anybody that can give me money should just give me money. But it's very important to to look out for these these things. Great. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, let's see. I think that. Um, Yeah, I just have like a, a random piece of advice. Uh, that's about is also being aware of uh, intercultural differences. With if you're talking to an investor that is um, from outside of your culture, um, and the sometimes there's like invisible barriers that will cause you to not get money when you should have gotten money, um, and like. Is the, it can be really simple, like is the line clear that I'm talking about? Like maybe you, you try and save like, you know, a thousand Naira by using WhatsApp instead of buying credit to call their number in the US. And like they can't understand you and then you don't get the money, you know, like, so really like being, uh, trying to think about how is this person experiencing me? Is it in a way that I'm fully representing myself and my full amazingness so that they can really see that so that you don't get caught by random little things. You know, in, not as bad in California, but especially on the East Coast, like, if you're, like, five minutes late to a call, like, you, it's really, it's not okay. It's, like, really, like, oh, my gosh, like, why is this person late? Like, you know, they're asking me for something. Um Usually here in Nigeria, like it's not that big of a deal. It's not, and you know, most people know that, and most people are on time. But sometimes I work with folks, and I, and they're great, and they should have gotten the money. And then you can hear when the person gets on the call, they're like, "Oh, hey, yeah, we're getting started a little bit late," you know. And then you've kind of already lost. So, um, just trying to step into the other person's shoes and really like overthink, you know, what you can do to like bring out your full brilliance um, so that your your personality and your business can really shine. Great. Thank you very much. Um, do we have any questions from the audience, please? Okay. That's one, two. 
All right, I'll start with you. You have one? Okay, let's start with you. Um, your name and your question and who it's directed to. Um, good afternoon, I'm Elizabeth. And my question is, in a situation where you're unable to exit as an investor, what happens, like what happens to the business and as in the person is unable to pay you back and you are unable to exit before the business crashed, what happens? Um, I, I think it depends on the, the kind of capital that you had. So if you took on debt capital, then the exit would be you paying them back plus the interest that you owe them. Um, or if it didn't go well, then them taking the collateral that you backed the debt. Um, if it's equity, then it can be a variety of different things. Um, either a more investment comes in in a new round, which allows them to sell their stake in your company to a new investor, or maybe your company is acquired, so they get some of the money from that acquisition. Um, but it has to do with the kind of money that you took from the investor. Maybe. Yeah, um, absolutely. You're right. Um, and um, it also depends on the type of contract and agreement you signed. Um, different investors have different approach to investment. Um, um, so it all depends on the type of contract or agreement you signed because in every agreement there will always be a default clause and considerations for that. So it's very important to research well um, before you get in. Okay? Basically what you're saying is if we're going to get divorced, how is it? how are we going to handle the divorce, right? For example. So it all depends on who you got married to. Right? Okay. <laughs> oh. So one of the key consideration, well, one of the key considerations for investors like us, early stage aids, um, we do have a, we do have considerations for key man risk. Um, that's why we love co-founders. Um, we love a team of founders. Um, so we don't just, so, so things don't just happen. So there's no key man risk. And also we try as much as possible to see how we can, um, um, ensure the exposures that we have. So in, 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 with eventualities like that, um, there is some kind of um, comfort when that happens. Okay. Good afternoon. My name is Okwemi. I'm asking him, Mr. Bass. He said you prefer to invest in uh, startups with like co-founders and team of founders, and that's almost P's and VCs say too. But then I think it puts a lot of pressure on non-technical founders. Like instead of preferably outsourcing or employing other people to do the technical parts, there's a pressure of trying to find a technical co-founder. And most times, that's always it leads to. I don't know, very bad choices in co-founders and ultimately failure of the business. I definitely do agree with you. Um, it can be quite challenging finding um, 
um, a co-founder, but not all co-founders should be technical co-founders. Um, the rationale behind this is two heads will always be better than one. Um, when I started my business, I started alone, and we and I have we have I have been very successful at it. Um, but if I'm to do it again, I wouldn't start alone. I will start with someone because I could have gone further. Um, I would have made less mistakes. Um, no matter how smart you are, two heads will always be better than one. So not necessarily a technical co-founder. You could get someone that also have, that brings something that complements you to the table. But just remember when you're talking to investors, you want to be able to provide comfort for them. And trust me, two heads will always be comfortable for an investor. Great. Any more questions? Um, you talked about um, investors, researching investors. You have an idea, and um, you started building up your business. You're at a stage where you need more money to scale up. Now, how do we find investors to start before you start researching the particular investor? How can we go about our search for a preferable investor before we start researching that investor? I don't know if you understand what I mean. Um, okay, is it possible for me to Google search, okay, investors in Lagos, and I see a list of investors in Lagos, and I'm like, okay, this, I see them, okay, how do I, okay, how do I look for investors, that's a question, before I start um, researching, okay, if I'm, yeah, categorizing them, I'm trying to see if I'm, com- if we're compatible. Okay, so, did you guys get question? Did you get uh, question? Yeah, I get the question. Yeah. Okay, Thank cool. you. Um, it's a good question. It's, uh, it's hard to kind of boil the ocean, right? Like if there's so much information, um, and maybe something you, you can actually start reaching out to investors before you're raising money. In fact, that might even be better because then you're coming. Someone once said to me, um, they were referring to the nonprofit space, but they said, if you want uh, advice, ask for money. <laughs> if you want money, ask for advice. Um, if you are running your business and you're thinking, oh, maybe in a year I'll be raising money, that might be a better time to start reaching out to investors and say, hey, like, um, I would love to get your advice on this. And that would also kind of inform what investor you'd be talking to because if you're running um, a bakery then you'd say, hmm, like if I actually wanted advice from this person, I would want to reach out to a person who knows about, you know, foods or bakeries. So then you've now kind of narrowed down to what kind of investors might be good for you. And a lot of investors, are, at least some, you know, are former business people or in our business people. And so then you're starting a relationship. And then in a year when you get to that point of like, oh, I, I really want this money now to scale up what we're doing, then the person knows you um, and you, they've had time to learn your business in kind of a friendlier way and you can get a lot of value out of it in the meantime. But more importantly to your question, um, if you approach them on those terms, you say, I'm thinking about this, then they will all probably know people in their networks that are more close to the kind of thing that you're looking for. And so you can start getting those introductions um, earlier on, which will be a quicker form of research because they will might know better than you do. 
Okay, just to add to that, um, it, I, I definitely do agree. Um, you have to start early. What you don't want to do is you need money. You need to start looking for investors at that time. It might take you up to a year to close a deal. It might even take two years. I've seen deals on table for three years. Um, so it's best for you to build relationship. I have, I mean, it's very interesting that you seek for advice first, um, when you're actually looking for money. Um, it's a good, it's a good way because at the end of the day, when you want to start asking or when you about pitching to an investor, you want to pitch to a friend, you want to pitch to someone that understands your business or have some insight into your business and someone you probably have nurtured relationship over time. Um, I know an investor in Nigeria, what he told me was that he never does a deal with any startup that he hasn't, that he hasn't known for at least one year. He doesn't do a deal. So he has friends. If he's friends with a lot of founders and he is friends with them for at least one year before he does a deal. Um, that's important because when investing, you're actually investing in people. You're investing in the founder. Um, so you need to know them. They are human beings. We need to know you. We need to know that you can, you're passionate about what you do. You can drive this business. We want to know your tenacity. We also want to know your energy level because to be honest, it is tough. It's a tough world out here, you know, so it's not, it's not for the faint hearted. So when you have this understanding and this relationship, it's a lot easier for the investor to make an informed decision. Like, Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know her. I've, I mean, I've known her for the last two years. So. I think I think I can do um, I can do a deal, and even if I want to do a deal, I'll do a milestone deal. So I won't give her um, everything she's asking for. I'll give her ten percent. Give put some milestones. See what she does with it. Then once those milestones are met, I would add I would give her the next twenty percent once she meets them. So that way they are all ways of providing comfort. And even you as a startup, if you're approaching an investor and say, "Listen, I'm open to milestone tranches." Um, that also provides some comfort for them. Um, I had a startup that walked up to me and said, I'm open to debt. Even if I don't get investment equity, I'm open to debt that I will pay back. That struck me because that means you, you, it, it caught my attention and we decided to do, um, to carry out our due diligence. Okay. Great. And just to add to that, you were asking about how to, um, find investors, right? Like say you don't know anything about the investment space in Lagos. So a good way to start is to check out tech blogs. Like they do, they do a lot of chronicling of the um, ecosystem, um, media outlets that talk about when startups raise money. So, um, you can pick out some of the names. So for example, he's Green Tree Startup, there's um, Spark Labs. And then there are hubs around Lagos. And one of the sponsors of this event is Zone Tech Lab. So you just walk up to them. They're, they're usually pretty open people. So. I'm looking for investors. Could you recommend people to me? And you could go further and say, okay, these people that you've recommended to me, what types of startups do they invest in? So that, that's usually a, a very good way to start. And, and then you now go to the next stage where you follow their advice. So you know the startups, the investors to look for, right? Then you start to um, build relationships with them. You can start from social media. Um, just follow them, reply their tweets, comment on their Facebook posts. And before you know it, like, it's really it's just really practical um, advice. And, Any other and, question? And just okay. to add to what he's saying, what you're doing right now is a good start. Coming to events like this, um, you need to look for events like this and keep getting that visibility. I'm sure when you walk out of that door, you've learned one or two things. You know, so very important. You don't miss events like this. They're good networking opportunities. 
um, you know, you explore them as they come. Great. Any other questions? All right. Thank you very much. Um. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned to our next episode. Subscribe to us at Startup Lagos on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Visit us at www.startuplagos.co.